It is now Monday, May 8th, 2017. And this is David Colosi on Clock Tower Radio, clocktower.org, with a radio special called Stage Wisdom. For this show, I dug through my live music collection and edited wisdom that musicians shared mid-performance. Selections from Gil Scott Heron, Having Enough of Police Violence, Bruce Springsteen, Advising Teens About Blind Faith in Their Leaders, Janis Joplin, Getting It While She Can, Anne Honey sharing her hope for matriarchal systems of governance and Tom Waits's random thoughts about vultures and shrimp, along with more stage wisdom from Guru, Negative Land, Rassan Roland Kirk, David Bowie, Sonny Rollins, Peter Gabriel, Madonna, Genesis Briar Peorage, Jeff Buckley, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, Lou Reed, John Lennon, Concrete Blonde, John Cale, Cheap Trick, Sam Cooke, Alicia Keys, Jim Morrison, Paquito de Rivera, John Giorno, Jimi Hendrix, Iggy Pop, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Neil Diamond, Lead Belly, and Ian Hunter. This is Stage Wisdom. Everything but the song. Brand new found by Arrested Development. Stay tuned. And good morning. Bring the lights down. Bring the lights down. We got to do something real serious. If you have a lighter in your pocket, light it up. All the way in the back, from the back, the sides, to the front. Bring the lights down, down with the lights. Word up. All the lighters, light them up. This is for a very good reason. I want to see everybody do it. If you got a lighter, light it up. Let's see it. Okay, the right side is better. The left side, fill it up, fill up the middle. In the middle, in the back, way in the back. Come on, y'all. All right, uh, you are listening to Over the Edge with Negative Land, more or less, and... Uh, and uh, what we're going to do now is uh, something that uh, involves some language which uh, is not permitted on the radio. So therefore, I am warning all listeners at the present time, uh, these, words, these words are words that uh, refer to bovine excrement. And uh, is bovine uh, male? Uh, in other words... Uh, we here in the studio are adults, and we hear these things and we say these things all the time are you so that we don't mind hearing or saying them. But if you do not hear or say them ever and can't stand to hear or say them, then you should not listen to the following piece because it would be dangerous to your health. So bright moments. It's like making love to a moonbeam. Do you know what the moon smells like? Jeez. Wrong again. <laughs> You'll love this. Fireworks. I've been thinking all day about the moon. Like, is it an accident that women menstruate once a month and that the moon comes once a month? Are other animals synchronized in this way with the moon? You know, my brother works in mental health. And he says that there's a lot more hospitalizations and periods of activity during the full moon. It's a known fact in mental health that people are more excitable around the full moon. And then what about the fact that we're made of 70% water? 
And then the whole ocean reacts to the full moon, right? In a serious way. Everything's ticking around that moon. And if we're 70% water, I must be having some at least homeopathic relationship with the changing cycles of the moon. I can't escape my obsession with the idea that I'm made out of this place because I was raised to believe that I fundamentally was constituted of spiritual matter that was from somewhere else, like heaven or from a sky god. Like Gore Vidal talks about sky gods, and I really picked up that language because in patriarchal monotheisms, we all worship a god elsewhere who has a plan for us in a paradise elsewhere. After we die, there'll be a paradise waiting for us. And this place is like a kind of a workstation where we sort of get all of our our T's crossed and our I's dotted before we go off to a real spiritual dimension. Age don't have nothing to do with it, so don't let nobody psych you out about no age. Don't let nobody make you feel bad and say, oh man, uh, uh, that's old music and shit. Don't let nobody psych you out to that bag because what they can't understand, they can always tell you something about it. Anything somebody don't understand and anything that anybody can't get down into it, they're gonna tell you it ain't no good. Memory, some say, is fate's shorthand, so it seems. And it seems to me that I do recall at some time in the 70s, uh, the revolutionary and yippie, Abby Hoffman, saying to me over a drink, tomorrow isn't promised, reminding me that uh, if we move one grain of sand the earth is no longer exactly the same. No one going on a business trip would be missed if they never arrived. We'd like to start out uh, with the number that uh, I heard a long time ago when I was growing up, uh, a version of uh, one of my favorites, Paul Robeson. And uh, it's very appropriate at this time of course, it's appropriate in my life every day, but I think everybody feels this way. It's called Without a Song. Some people have no teeth. This song has no words. I have a small friend with me, going larger and larger. If you sit with fear, a star too far, almost lost, in this world of ghosts, a little hope can become the most, and you break through to the room of dreams. Now, where do you keep your dreams? It's a song about a dream. West Virginia being building a tunnel for the CNO Railroad. And he was a mighty big man, they say, that from his heels on around to the ground, he had a stroke of 19 feet. Boy, it's a long stroke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, 
had a poem here somewhere called Enough that I'd like to do because every once in a while a brother gets shot somewhere for no reason a brother gets his head kicked in for no reason and you wonder just exactly what in the hell is enough you could apply it to well just about anything you wanted to but it could almost be even called the truth I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't heavy up on anybody like that. Man. But I'll tell you one thing, the song's got something to say, man, if you can dig it. It's talking about everybody's life, man, and what passes by you and what you miss and what you grab, man. It's a song called Get It While You Can. Cause it ain't gonna be there when you wake up, man. You're in your teens. Cause I remember, a lot of my friends, when we were 17 or 18, we didn't have much of a chance to think about how we felt about a lot of things. And uh, the next time, they're going to be looking at you. And you're going to need a lot of information to know what you're going to want to do. Because in 1985, blind faith in your leaders or in anything will get you killed. Please listen to the words of this next song. We have to make the world a better place. Okay, John Sinclair, nice and easy now. Sneaky. He spent two years in prison, virtually in isolation, in solitary in case he infiltrated the other prisoners or something. He didn't want any help for two years because he thought, why bother? Justice will let me out. My appeals will let me out, gradually and gradually. After two years, he began to worry, and he asked for some help. We went down, had a rally with 15,000 people. We weren't the only, only people there, little Stevie Wonder and Phil Oaks. And uh, it was a beautiful show. Many people de denoted their time to it. And we came along, sang the songs we sang to you, and this one, John Sinclair, was the final one. By a stroke of good luck, he was released on Monday. This is for any of you who knows anyone who has lost anyone. This is a song about Wendy by a friend of ours named Andy Preboy. Of all of voodoo. This is a song about a woman with AIDS, which someone in this room has. A few of these people in this room has. And you'll go through it. You'll know it. We should stop it. This is for Wendy. This is a love song, so hold on to somebody love. I want you to want me. Right now, we'd like to give the fellows, we want to tell the fellows something, you know. Fellows, I want to tell you, when somebody come and tell you something about what your girlfriend has done, or what your wife has done, I want you to remember one thing. Don't go home hitting on her and all that stuff. You know how I feel about treating each other right. <laughs> Especially for us ladies, because we deserve it. Yeah. And my fellas, y'all deserve it too. Once upon a time, a big, strong, masculine was sitting on the windowsill, looking out at the trees and thinking how butch he was. And a small, ha ha ha, flew up on the windowsill and sat down beside him. Very soon, they were caught out. Huh? Impassionate. Oh. 
and simultaneously a small piece of tape wound round from the ear hole of the masculine figure, including the feminine figure, until they were totally wound up with tape and smoke began appearing at the top. It was called slow burn. But I'm a witch. I actually de-baptized myself. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what's great about being transgender is that you're born with a natural religion. It applies almost across the board, no matter what culture or um, economic group or nation that you're from. You're almost automatically a witch. None of the patriarchal monotheisms will have you. It's very clear that in most of those religions, you'd be put to death. In many parts of the world, you still are put to death. Did you hear what the Pope said a couple of years ago on Christmas? He said that the marriage of gays and lesbians was as much a threat to um, the future of our world as the collapse of the rainforests. <laughs> so that gives you a sense, just an inkling of his approach you know, to, the, to, the, to the homosexual question. <laughs> and that's just the homosexual question. He didn't even address the transgender question. God knows what we've caused. <laughs> All sorts of wars and strife. All manner of hurt. When I was back there in seminary school... There was a person there who put forth the proposition that you can petition the Lord with prayer. Petition the Lord with prayer. Petition the Lord with prayer. You cannot petition the Lord with prayer. They asked me the other day, how did things get so messed up? <laughs> Say, Rasan, how did things get so messed up? So I said, baby boy, let me sit down here and let me tell you about it. for this, there's a label for that. By the time you get to putting labels on everything, everything is separated. See? If a cat put a label on you, you're going to be that. And he's going to make you believe that you're that. If a cat put a label on you, you San Diego. You San Diego boy. Put a label on all of your legs and all of your face. San Diego boy. You can go to Georgia, you'll still be a San Diego boy. Because people have already said what you were. Because that label has told them. And you believed in that label. Now I say all this to say that things got messed up because they say that so-called jazz music, you can't relate to it, and it's a generation gap. 
generation gap. I'll tell you something, man. I never expected that out of Toronto. You're looking real good. Real good. In fact, you're all invited to my house for a drink. I live in San Francisco, and if you can get there, man, I'll give you the drink. I promise. I ain't too hard to find. <laughs> my homeland, uh, Australia. <laughs> Are you from there too? <laughs> I, have, I have a kangaroo at home. Did you have one? And for that, we want to play a composition written by the composer that he's, he's here tonight. He's a wonderful flutist. Uh, he's also from our homeland. His name is Oriente Lopez. He has a very Australian name. You say, Oriente Lopez from Sydney. <laughs> or you're from Melbourne. Orienton en Chapacamulato. And this is called Centro Habana, which is the capital city of that uh, island that you know, the, the one with the kangaroos. And this is called The Vulture. And a lot of people think it's a poem. And after they hear me sing it, they're sure it's a poem. You know, vultures, and I've seen a lot of vultures since I entered the uh, Texas border. A lot of vultures. The interesting thing about vultures is that um, well, the reason they spend so much time in the air is because they're so light, because they eat so infrequently. So they're mostly feathers, so a lot of times you'll see them doing this and you think, oh, he's probably going to land soon and eat, but a lot of times he's thinking to himself, how the fuck am I going to get down there? <laughs> and, uh, now here's the sad part, and imagine if you had to make the same choice yourself. After dining, and frankly, most... Uh, vultures that are injured, this is according to the, the bird rescue, most vultures that are injured were injured while dining. That's kind of sad. To be hit by a car while you're eating. But uh, the problem is once they've, they've landed and they've eaten a lot, they eat so much because they eat so infrequently, they eat so much, they can't take off without throwing up. I know, it's tough. So what a choice, you know, you just had a big meal and you have to lose the whole damn thing just to get back up in the sky again. I think of that all the time when I'm having hard times. When I was growing up, me and my dad used to go at it all the time, over almost anything. But uh, I used to have really long hair, way down past my shoulders. I was 17 or 18. Oh man, he used to hate it. And we got to where we fight so much that I that I'd spend a lot of time out of the house. And in the summertime it wasn't so bad. Because it was warm and your friends were out. But in the winter. I remember standing downtown, it would get so cold. And when the wind would blow, I, I had this phone booth that I used to stand in. <laughs> and I used to call my girl, like for hours at a time, just talking to her all night long. And finally I get my nerve up to go home. 
And I'd stand there in the driveway and he'd be waiting for me in the kitchen. And I'd tuck my hair down on my collar and I'd walk in and he'd call me back to sit down with him. And the first thing he'd always ask me was, what did I think I was doing with myself? And the worst part about it was I could never explain it to him. I remember I got in a motorcycle accident once and I was laid up in bed and he had a barber come in and cut my hair. And man, I can remember telling him that I hated him and that I would never ever forget him. And he used to tell me, man, I can't wait till the army gets you. When the army gets you, they're going to make a man out of you. They're going to cut all that hair off. And they'll make a man out of you. And this was in, I guess, 68. And there was a lot of guys from the neighborhood going to Vietnam. I remember the drummer in my first band coming over my house with his marine uniform on saying that he was going and that he didn't know where it was and a lot of guys went and a lot of guys didn't come back and a lot that came back weren't the same anymore and I remember the day I got my draft notice I hid it from my folks and three days before my physical, me and my friends went out and we stayed up all night. And we got on the bus to go that morning, man, we were all so scared. And I went and I failed. <laughs> I came home, <laughs> nothing to applaud about. But I remember coming home after I'd been gone for three days walking in the kitchen and my mother and father were sitting there my dad said where you been I said uh, I went to take my physical he says what happened I said they didn't take me and he said that's good hi Bruce Springsteen is alright by the way he gets my seal approval I think he's groovy <laughs> You notice the way the critics turned on him like after they were on him, right? When he needed them, they weren't here right next time. Critics. What does Robert Christow do in bed? You know, is he a toe fucker? Man, anal retentive. Consumer's Guide of Rock. What a moron. A Consumer's Guide of Rock. Man, I object to the fucking liner notes. Start studying rock and roll. I can't believe it. Baroque rock, man. A study by you know, Robert Christow. John Rockwell, man. Wow! You know how heavy it is to be reviewed by Rockwell? He says you're intelligent. Fuck you. I don't need you to tell me that I'm good. A while back, it was about a year ago, I think it was, I had this apartment in San Francisco. I lived on the third floor of this little tiny apartment building. I had two little two rooms and a dog, right? I lived on the third floor. And I used to walk around town, and I had, you know, a couple of pairs of Levi's, and couple t-shirts and I thought I had my shit together pretty good, man. You know, I was out in the streets 
talking and talking and all that shit. And every time I found a nice piece of talent, he went right straight downstairs to the chick on the second floor. There was another chick on the second floor, right? And I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand. I kept saying, Jesus, what are you doing wrong? Well, so I decided to get up one morning <laughs> and check out the chick's action, right? Figure out what she had going on. I didn't have going. I got up at 9.30 in the morning, which I want you to know is an effort in my part. And I got up at 9.30 in the morning, I hid in the stairwell right next to the chick's, across from her apartment, right? And I watched her. I watched her to see what she had, man, that I didn't have. And I'll tell you what she had, man. That chick hit the streets at noon. I mean, I didn't get, a, get up till three. The chick was already on the streets hustling, man. So I figured out what you gotta do, man. Every time you're looking for a little piece of action, and you ain't getting it, man, you know what you better do, baby? You better try harder, man. Everyone is invited to participate in this poem. It, uh, the poem has to do with locating your body in space and locating the space inside your body. And the way you do it is you intensify your body. As the poem is read, you follow the instructions and you tighten the, your muscles and you, in your hands and your fingers and your chest and your arms and your legs and your gut and, uh, and you just intensify your body and you hold it. In other words, you should get uptight. Okay, we'll get you some people uptight there. So uh, let's just relax. Hold on a second. Let's just relax and uh, we'll sit down. Let's get the rest of this thing over it, okay? If you sit down now, we can play a little bit longer because I feel like playing. I don't feel like looking at these cats' blue hats. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Everything's gonna be all right. Don't worry, we still got the end to come, don't we? Okay, settle down. Okay, we all feel the same way. We all feel the same way. So let's dedicate this to the Smothers Brothers and to ourselves and to the American Indians. Well, I remember one, one morning after a particularly mischievous night out, we both met up at a, a coffee bar that we used to frequent and discussed the uh, doings of the night before. And uh, Iggy, or, or Jim, related most extraordinary events. He said that he'd been to a punk club. Um, it was the anniversary of the building of the wall, that you must remember. And he went to a, a punk club that were holding an anniversary party. And they'd built an entirely accurate replica of the Berlin Wall. And at the stroke of midnight, 50 savage, demented punks leapt on this wall and tore it to pieces with their mouths and teeth and fists. Smash, smash. But he said it was the aftermath that was the most affecting because there were, after all this had happened, they demolished the wall. There were small groups of them standing around in the corners, pitifully crying, tears streaming down their faces. <laughs> Being blessed is not just being able to float on air. I'm saying if uh, if you got to pay for things that you've done wrong, uh, I got a big bill coming. Now, a whole lot of things been bothering me because a lot of people think that things is cool. People ride around in those cars and riding them airplanes, pocket full of money, and everybody thinks that things is cool. Thank you.
Even old Jive President, accident, I mean, would make you think that things is cool. But I'm here to tell all y'all, and him too, that we got a cross that we must bear. And the cross gets off of heavy. Now there's the black cross, the green cross, the white cross, the double cross, the crisscross. And the lost cross. And the cross gets off of heavy. Different times. But one is supposed to keep on going on and carrying the cross on his shoulder. Because you ain't supposed to let no cross cross you up. You're supposed to let a cross help you get across. And if you let a cross help you get across, you won't get crossed up, but you'll be on the cross because you done got a cross on the cross. So if you can remember this, you won't get lost on the cross while you're trying to get across. So we just here to let you know about I can't, I know that you knew already, because y'all are the hippest people in the world. Hip, black, and white. But you still know that you got a cross you must deal with. So when it crosses you up, go on and deal with it and leave it alone. I'm going to stop right now and thank God that I'm alive and well enough to be with y'all today. Not all is as well as it is with everybody here. I am glad to be here with you today. You see, it does me good to stop and think about this stuff because sometimes it's too easy to forget for a lot of us, you know, what we've been through, where we come from, what we're trying to get. trying to get us back home inside, you know. And back in touch with what really means something, which is love and caring, what we got between us. See, it took me a long time to find out that pretty much everything else is a bunch of something else, you know. <laughs> For a long time, all I could remember to do was run away from myself and everybody that cared, you know. And usually that meant run to the party and stay there for as long as possible. And then one day I nearly died and it kind of dawned on me that that was uh, not the right thing to do, you know. You know, it is time to come home every once in a while. What this is all about is just, I'm just asking y'all to take care of yourself so you can be there for the ones who need you and love you the most. And they need you all the time. I know I do. I, I swear, this song really makes me feel like I remember why, every time I sing it, why. why the things that are real in life are what's really important. And I really, really hold on to that so dear. 
So I don't care if I sing this song a hundred thousand trillion billion times. I feel that same way every time. You must remember that music is the one of the beautiful things of life. So we have to try to keep the music alive some kind of way. And uh, maybe music can help. I don't know, but we have to try something. This is for those whose minds are as healthy as their bodies. I go swimming. I'm worried that the ecology of the world is collapsing and um, that I won't have anywhere to be reborn because I actually believe, like, where's any of us going? Where have any of us ever gone? We've come back here in some other form. Did you know that whales were once land-roaming mammals and then they crawled back into the ocean trying to find something to eat? and eventually they got rid of their hands and legs. <laughs> I've been searching and searching for that little bit of my constitution that isn't of this place, and I still haven't found it. Every atom of me, every element of me seems to resonate. It seems to reflect the great world around me. So I've come to the conclusion that this is God's best idea, that this manifest world is the frontier of his dream, or her dream, in my opinion. So that's just my point of view from where I can start to establish a new way to value the world that I'm a part of. Because if I'm not heading off to paradise elsewhere when I die, then I have more of a vested interest in observing a sustainable relationship with this place. Ain't nothing wrong with dying if you know where you're going. If I hadn't been as, 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 as eccentric, as obnoxious, as arrogant, as aggressive, as uh, introspective, as selfish, uh, I, I wouldn't I would leave me, I would be fine, Do you know that shrimp, this is really disturbing though, but shrimp, shrimp are, well, they, they, they never give anything to charity. I've never known a shrimp to give anything to charity. And it's always bothered me. And finally someone told me, well, you know, basically they're, they're shellfish. We are so glad to be here with our uh, orchestra. Yeah, you know, you know why I call it orchestra? Because we started this tour as the Union City Symphony Orchestra. And this is what the immigration service have left. la <laughs> cosa <laughs> So we better hurry up and keep playing before they take, you know, him. <laughs> As you can know that he's from uh, Helsinki, Finland. And uh, he can get deported any minute, you know. Back to the ice. We'd now like to take you into the English Channel, where it's cold and wet. The lady sits in the middle wearing this strange garment. There's not but a few things that judges something before you know what's gonna happen. That is the nature and the lips. You understand? Yeah. Check it, check what I'm saying. The nature and the lips, they judge. It's a prejudgment. You see a pretty lady or a lady Pretty lady sees a, uh, what she thinks is a fine man, and sometimes don't nothing be happening. Right? 
You get all up in the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Get down in there. Ain't nothing happening. And y'all end up talking about trying to psych each other out, talking astrology. Well, you're a Capricorn and I'm a Leo. That's when we can't make it, baby. Don't you believe that? Y'all just ain't got nothing going. Ain't no astrology going to help you. Because the magnitude of the universe, if you got that under your finger, you can get something going with a Capricorn, Gemini, or a Morphorn. Listen, man, I don't know how many of you people believe in astrology. Yeah, that's right. That's right, baby. I, I am a Sagittarius. The most philosophical of all the signs. But anyway, I don't believe in it. I think it's a bunch of bullshit myself. But I tell you this, man. I tell you this. I don't know what's going to happen, man. But I want to have my kicks before the whole shithouse goes up in flames. I don't understand why half the world is still crying, man. When the other half of the world is still crying too, man. And I can't get it together. I mean, if you got a cat for one day, man, I don't mean, if you, say, say maybe you want a cat for 365 days, right? You ain't got it for 365 days. You got it for one day, man. Well, I'll tell you, that one day, man, better be your life, man. Because, you know, you can say, oh, man, you can cry about the other 364, man. But you're going to lose that one day, man. And that's all you got. You got to call that love, man. That's what it is, man. If you got it today, you don't wear it tomorrow, man. Because you don't need it. Because as a matter of fact, as we discovered on the train, tomorrow never happens, man. It's all the same fucking day, man. So you gotta, when you wanna hold somebody, you gotta hold them like it's the last minute of your life. Henry, 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 what's happened to our game of croquet? Cried little Henrietta. Henry found croquet completely irresistible, and so he rushed out onto the front lawn to join his little sister. Just as play was about to commence, she raised her croquet mallet in the air, and with one fair swoop, she removed little Henry's head. This had the effect of killing him. But two weeks later, she was in Henry's old room and she found an old musical box which used to play the tune of Old King Cole. And when she opened the musical box and the tune began to ring out, a strange, somewhat familiar pair of green knickerbockers were mysteriously lowered from the ceiling. Into these, Henry was dropped. He'd been given a second round. Always a bit on the roundy side, Henry found himself a young lady and he led this young lady up the old wooden stairs into the attic to show off his very fine water tank. <laughs> the nurse was downstairs, however, and she heard strange noises, so rushed up, picked up the musical box, and instinctively smashed it into the bearded child, destroying both. I believe that the spirits are your, your parents and their parents and their parents and their parents and they are in your bloodstream and they run through your body constantly because they, they want you to live on because they want to live on 
and they're trying all the time to tell you shit, and if you just spend a few minutes with yourself, you will hear them, you will hear them, you will hear them. It's a very indigenous idea that the earth is a female, that the earth menstruates, that the water of the world is the blood of the woman's body, and that's what we crawled out of, just in the same way that we crawled out of our mother's wombs. It's the most basic idea. Any child could come up with it, and it's so obvious. And yet we've been straining for these sky gods for a couple thousand years now. And I remember praying to God when I was like six years old. I was raised Catholic, and I prayed really hard, and I waited and waited to hear that, that summons. I think in a funny way, a lot of my music, I'm listening for that response still. I've heard two rumors about the Dalai Lama. One is that he said he wasn't going to be reincarnating because the world was going to be too dangerous. And that's probably just a rumor. But then I heard a far more interesting new rumor, which is that the Dalai Lama has said that the next time he incarnates, it will be as a girl, which will be the first in the history of Buddhism. But I think that that is the most revolutionary thing he could possibly do and the most helpful spiritual gesture that he could make. And I'm very interested in the feminization of the deities. I'm very interested in Jesus as a girl. I'm extremely interested in Allah as a woman. And contrary to popular opinion, it's not bad to say that. You can say it. I mean, you might get a little letter in the mail, but I'm probably due a hundred letters in the mail already, so. <laughs> it's a wonderful day to die. But, um, but nonetheless, Allah as a, as a woman is a critical threshold. And a Buddha as a mother is another one. Because I truly believe that unless we move into feminine systems of governance, we don't have a chance on this planet. I don't smoke. I just don't sleep. <laughs> it's a trouble. I gotta sleep sometime. But there's too much happening. Why sleep? I might miss a party. In Oklahoma, you can get in trouble for kissing a stranger. Think about that. I mean, you can go to jail for kissing a stranger. I mean, we're all strangers at a certain point. How could the world continue if somebody didn't kiss a stranger? Thank you, people in the audience, the Pays, tree people out there. God bless you. I'm singing for you, too. Are you still there, tree people? This is, uh, this is the Greek theater. This is the place that, uh, that God made for performers when they die. They come to a place called the Greek theater. And you're met there by, a, by an MC wearing a long robe and smoking a cigar. Looks like Guy Kibbe. And uh, that's what it is. It's performer's paradise. Take a look behind you. See what I'm seeing. It's like trees in the sky. And behind the stage, and in fact, all around the building, you'll see men and women dressed in red coats. And without them, absolutely nothing can happen here. They are all the crew, the sound, the lights, the production, the filming crew. A big round of applause for all the crew, please. Come on, the red coats. Anyway, this is our way of sending you home to bed. 
Thank you. You people are so good. I could sing for you all night, but it's coming time. We'll have to close this time. I hope I'll come back again. I hope I'll be walking better, which I will. I'm going to either get better or worse after when I leave here because I'm going to the right doctor this time. I went to one doctor a little too long, and I don't think he knew what he was doing, but I think I'm going to find the right one. Until we meet again, I'll sign off with this God with you by singing. I hope you're Johnny Coast with me by singing. I There's a little girl that's sitting right here. I don't know who her people is, but they ought to buy her guitar because she can her hand just like I'm can mine. And she's been doing it ever since I've been here. What I mean, she got the rhythm. She really got the rhythm. So we're signing the best with God by saying, Irene, and come with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty neat, pretty neat. Pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. I got nothing else to play. That was really good. Yeah, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, what about the record? Ah, they'll get it. Copyright 1975.